Today's podcast is brought to you by ELIC, y'all. I've talked about them before, and I'm so grateful that I found this incredible organization that's spreading hope like we try to do and creating life change in honestly some of the most challenging places in the world. Where? They're in North Africa. They're in the Middle East. They're in Asia. And ELIC is dedicated to changing lives by equipping and sending people to teach English in these unreached areas. But Carlos, why do people need to know English? Why can't we just speak their language? Can I just tell you the truth of the matter is English is the global language and it is the language that a lot of content, a lot of uh, things that people are going to end up getting is going to be in, written in, spoken in. They provide training and support and a team of passionate people who are ready to make a difference. And I got a question. Have you ever thought about maybe this is something that you can do? Well, listen, whether you're a college student, recent graduate, or maybe an old guy like me, ELIC has a program for you. For example, they've got a nine-month global ambassador program, and it's a great option for recent college graduates. Nine months. You know, why don't you take off for a little bit? I don't know, maybe my daughter's going to hear this. They're going to leave me for nine months. That's okay. They're going to be doing good in the world. So if you're ready to create hope with a global impact, visit elic.org slash human hope. Check it out. Hey, hey, y'all know it. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Hey, what is going on, human hope familia? Welcome to another episode in the parenting series, episode 124. Today, we're talking about phones. Oh, man. That's right. Telefono, not a telephone. Smartphones, TVs, screens, all the things. Hold on. Dr. Delight's going to just finish this song here. Put the needle on the record and the drum beat goes like this. All right, there we go. Thank you, Dr. Delight. Uh, yeah, friends. It's a very special episode uh, where myself, I am the, uh, I'm the voice you're going to be hearing. I'm the, I'm interviewing myself with maybe, uh, Maybe a pop-up special guest, but today we're talking about tech. We're talking about tech and parenting, and this is quite possibly the most requested conversation on parenting that I get constantly, all the time. I used to go out with this organization called Orange, and I would do, uh, sometimes I would do some technology breakouts. And here's the thing, like technology, when it comes to kids and phones and, you know, screens and all the things, it's continuing to evolve, right? So like what worked five years ago, there were great apps that worked five years ago. They don't work anymore. And it's evolving so fast that even the apps that you try to use to protect your kids six months ago are being left in the dust because, well, things are moving fast, faster than we're able to keep up with. And so I, I've got some solutions for you. But what I, what, what, I, what I want everybody to understand is it's inevitable, inevitable that your kids are going to be exposed to smartphones, whatever devices, like at an earlier age than ever, right? And we, we all, you know, we, we can all judge parents that, you know, you, you see a two-year-old, you know, watching an iPad, just staring at it. And we're quick to be like, oh my gosh, I, I, like I would never. But would you? Do you even know the story 
of why that is happening. Like it is, we, we just get real judgy real quickly. And I want us to make sure we don't do that. And I also want you to hear me when I tell you that some of the things that I'm going to talk about today, you, you may not be able to do. You, you may have been like past this. You may have parented differently and I'm not judging you. I'm not judging the fact if you're, if you gave your kid a smartphone at five, right? There, there's, let, let's start here. This conversation is going to be different for every single family out there. So know that there's not one specific set of rules for your kids that you're going to be able to just listen to me talk about or some other parent talk about and just apply that to your kids. Every one of my kids have gotten phones at different ages. They all have different emotional intelligence, maturity at different ages. And so what they got is different at their different ages. And so just know that. And also know that the rules will shift and flex. And it's okay. Make sure you tell your kid, hey, this may, this may change. This may be different in six months when you're different, I'm different, and technology is different. I just want you to know that it's a, it, it is a moving target and you've got to be able to move with it. And I also don't want us to come from the approach that technology is just evil, that, that screens are just evil. I don't think so. I don't think that God is like surprised by the advancement of technology. And I don't think that screens are evil. Of course, they can be used for that. But let's, let's discuss maybe some tips to help you navigate phones and kids, right? Ensuring that you try to set them up for the most healthy relationship possible. So let, let me start off with this. I believe that you can't rewind childhood. Like, like you can't do that. But you can fast forward it. And why in the world would we want to fast forward our kid's childhood to a place where they can't ever go back to who they were? Right? Like when you hand your kid a phone, the opportunity for the acceleration of their childhood to fast forward to places maybe you didn't ever want them to be at or go is right in front of them. So this is what I would say to start with. If, you, if you're just starting to have these conversations, wait as long as you possibly can to give your kids a phone. Wait, wait as long as you can. Now, for some of you, you know, you got kids going to public school. I mean, listen, there's all kinds of dangers now. You want to make sure you can get a hold of your kid. I would wait as long as possible to give your kid a phone because they are addictive. We all know. And there's just, I, I think that there's less need for them than we actually think there is. I mean, I come from the generation where we, we had computers and computers were the thing that we could find out all the information we needed on. And they still are. You know, I, I've gotten to the point now where I've actually taken my email off of my phone and the only place I check it is on my computer. Why? It's less time on the phone. So the availability for your kid to continue to, and I know it's getting harder because I don't have kids in public school. So I know with a lot of parents, you know, there's apps that your kids have to use now. There's on their phone. Like it's almost like we're handcuffed into getting them smartphones. I'm just saying, wait as long as possible because the temptations, the addictions, the availability of things that they should not see is going to be thrust their way. And I just think that we're giving them a loaded weapon. It's a loaded weapon. And, we, and a lot of times we just hand it to them with no, no training or anything. So the first thing I'm going to say is, is wait as long as you can. 
Losiah was 16 when we gave him his phone. His sisters were 13, maybe. We waited longer. I honestly, like, I, w- I wish I w- would have waited till he was a little later. But, you know, here's the thing. Like, he, like, the way that they communicate now, the way that his friends communicate is all through their phones. It's, it's how they FaceTime. They talk during video games. They, they're, they're using phones to, for really, I mean, you can't change culture, but they're using phones for their relationships. And so like, I couldn't, I kept seeing my son being left out of group activities and relationships. And I was like, I, I don't want that to happen. So we've got to figure this out. Now, that being said, if you give, if you do decide to give your kid a phone and when that happens, I think you need to give them the most basic stripped down phone there is. Now, there's a bunch of different versions. I'm not going to give you any recommendations because we haven't used any, but I know there's like Gab phones. There's you just Google like smartphones for kids that come without internet access, without social media, without all of those things. I think that's a brilliant way to start off uh, with your kid having a phone. You know, give them a dumb phone, a way that they can text you or call you, but that's that's really it. And, you know, a, a lot of the conversations though come from kids that are either now, this is just crazy, getting picked on because they don't have the newest version of a phone. They've got an old phone. Um, So now instead of outfits, kids are trying to keep up with the phone model that their friends have. It's just another thing. We can't rewind childhood, but we certainly can fast forward it. So wait as long as you can. That's the first thing I'd say. Second thing is really set age appropriate boundaries, right? Like Establish clear guidelines. So like younger kids, if you have younger kids, obviously like, I'll give you this example. So Hala, when she was an infant all the way, you know, to, to a toddler, we would put on, I think Heather may have talked about this in our earlier episode, but we would put on Baby Einstein. Remember Baby Einstein for those of you that are old like me? It was just like a VCR tape we'd stick, or maybe it was a DVD, we'd stick into the DVD player. And it was just, you know, I don't know, it was like little puppets and she would watch them and it was set to classical music and she would just stare at it. And we we knew, Heather was like, man, I can take a shower for 20 minutes and just stick her in front of this, this thing. And she would just stare. So like screens are screens, right? Like just make sure that you're using age appropriate boundaries. Here's a little data point I, I need us to understand. I say this a lot in my live talks. You want to set boundaries, especially with screen time for your kids, because the average American uses their phone five to six hours a day. That's how, how long they stare at their phone. And uh, hey, let's just do the math right now. Five to six hours a day. So let's say it's six times, uh, six hours a day times seven. That is 42 hours a week. That's almost two entire cycles of the sun. Let's keep going. Let's multiply that. That's a week times 52. That's 2,184 hours. Oh no, now I don't know how, how do I, divided by, <laughs> divided by, oh, what, what am I trying to, I'm trying to find out how many days, so hours divided by 24, oh, here we go. That's 91 days a year that an average, 91 days, three months that an average American stares. Morning and evening, 24 hours, Sleep cycle, awake cycle, three months a year. I just wrote a book called How to Human. And when I, when I did this math, it freaked me out, right? So three months a year, well, now let's multiply three months a year 
times, I mean, how old are you? So, so I'm about to turn 50. Say I live another 40 years. God give it to me. Three months times, am I doing this right? 40. That's 120 months. I'm so dumb. I got to do this. <laughs> 20 months divided by, oh, oh, wait, wait, 120 months, 12 months. Oh yeah. 120. Oh, no, that, that's easy, right? That's divided by 12. That's 10 years, I think. <laughs> it is 12 to 10 years. I would spend 10 years of my life. I, can we stop for a moment and just appreciate the fact that I'm horrible at math? 10 years of my life that I would spend, that an average American would spend staring at their phone. 10 years. Do we want our kids to get there? Imagine I'm 50. 49. I, okay, maybe by the time you listen to this, will I be 50? Is my birthday this week? Oh. Imagine your kids, right? So like, like if, they, if they're on their phones at 10 years old, five hours a day, huh. let's do that math. Somebody do the math and send it to me. It, it could be 30 years they spend looking at their phone. That, that's, it's just not human. It's not. So gosh, severely limit the, their access to screens. Just limit it. And then, when, and then when, they, when they do have access, I would say this. Teach responsible usage, right? That's number two. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. Yes, I still take my AG1 by Athletic Greens every day. And I gave it a try. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know this because I was having some gut health. Guess what? Gut health, no more problem. It's good. I take AG1 in the morning before I do anything else and it makes me feel energized. It makes me, it also, you know, you know when you take vitamins and you're like, you just automatically, who knows if it's a placebo effect the second you take it because it ain't working that fast, but I'm like, no, I'm ready to bust through a wall. Okay, <laughs> let me let you guys know exactly what we have going on here. I know for me, it's so hard to keep up with the supplement routine. So that's what AG1 is for. It's literally, it's like one scoop, like poof, or with just one rip of the little travel packets. It's so good. Um, and so instead of taking a bunch of different things, just take one, one scoop of AG1. It was designed with ease in mind so that you can live healthier and better without having to do a whole lot. Gives you increased energy, mood support, and it makes it easy. That, that's, that's what I love about it. Okay, so this is what I want you to do. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supplement of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash human hope. That's athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Please, fam, go check it out. Educate your children about the importance of responsible smartphone usage. Now, when I say that, online safety, uh, you know, I, we had a situation once where one of my three kids was playing a game and didn't even think twice about this game. And then I looked, I, I dug a little deeper into the game. It, it was like he was building lands somewhere, farms or something. And I saw that there were people trying to chat with him. Oh, I said him. <laughs> Narrowed it down just like that. And he actually hadn't seen the chats yet because they were unopened, but I opened them and they were definitely people going like, hey, how old are you? What are you doing? Like as a parent, you have to be like just as forward as you would if your child was in the hospital, right? And you're going to be an advocate for their health and the doctor comes in and 
you know, when Sohalo was in the hospital, we were like calling the doctor over. No, no, explain to us exactly what's going to happen. Why are you doing this? Like asking every single thing. You got to be an advocate for your kids' technology as well. So you want to dig as deep and as far down. If you're going to hand them a phone, every single thing that goes on in that and on that device, you have to know about. You can't just give it blindly. If they're going to download a game. Sure, you can download a game. I'm going to download it first and I'm going to unpack that thing. I'm going to dig to the bottom of it, to the bowels of the game to see, is there any way for somebody to contact you? Is there any way for you to access the web? There was, there was another game that you never would think, but it had a browser inside of the game. I'm telling you, parents, you have to be an advocate. You have to be an advocate as you teach them healthy boundaries. And I know that this can feel overwhelming and scary. Uh, some of this, they're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to figure out the hard way. You, something's going to happen. And you're like, man, I wish that didn't have to happen. But you just are going to have to live it. But what you can do on the front end, as much as you can, do it, right? Something else is that, that I think we need to teach our kids when it comes to technology is teaching them the respect for others' privacy, not just their own, right? Obviously, you know, I told my kids, anything you put on the internet, I don't care if it's a private DM, is public. The world's going to find out. But something that I, I think I've had to grow in myself that I think is really important learning is protecting other people's privacy, right? So like, for instance, when, I, when I'm doing a giving blitz, I tell the person now, I didn't all the time at the beginning, but I tell the person now, hey, I'm filming you. And before what I used to do is I used to film them and then ask them for their permission to post it afterwards. You know, I, I just think that we're, we're getting to a place where we're forgetting how to human. And now my human thing is like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record for a second. Is it okay if I record you? And I'll just ask him. And so, you know, you, you see viral videos now that are going viral of people that, you know, they're being recorded without their permission. And you know what? There's, there's nothing illegal about that. You can stand outside of a store and you can record everybody walking in and out, even if it makes them uncomfortable. There's no law forbidding it. But there's, there should be some human gut check. And teach your kids about that. I think it's important, you know, that they know that they need to protect the privacy of other people as well. So yeah, you know, like it, it's different if I'm filming myself walking through an airport and there's people walk, walking by me, as opposed to me turning the camera and filming them specifically. I just think that that's something we need to teach our kids. They, they, they now have a powerful tool that they're able to shoot video and upload it for the world to see in one second. So you know, I had another example of something that happened to me. You know, I, I even tried to like cover the faces I already did. I covered the faces of somebody. There was a traffic accident that happened. And I was like, oh, I started filming it. And halfway through, I was like, wait a second. Like, even if I cover the faces, even if I, I do this, like these people don't want, what if somebody recognizes their car that follows me? Like, I just have to be extra careful. And I, I'm trying to show my kids how important it is that we do that as well. So again, let them know and teach them respect for others' privacy as well. Here's, here's a key. Be the role model. There, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than um, you telling your kids to stay off their phones and you're on your phone eight hours a day. Uh, listen, you all, you all have smartphones, almost all of you. I know a few of you that don't. And you got a little notification that would pop up every single week. At least if you've got an iPhone, I know it's on Sundays and it's like, here's your weekly screen time report. Now, if you're telling your kids to stay off their phone, but you're on yours constantly, it's useless. Don't tell them to stay off their phone unless you can stay off of yours as well. 
be the role model, be what they see. That is one thing that Heather is really good at that I'm not, <laughs> right? Our kids learn by observing their parents. And, uh, and I feel like my kids, you know, because of Heather, do have healthier boundaries with their phones than, than some kids their age. I have to work on it. So, but anyway, be a role model. It's something I'm preaching this to myself. Also let them know that, that you are the parent and this is not their private world. Just like I, I, I still, if my kids live in my home, I have every right to go in the room and look in their drawers. And as the parent, I am not their friend. I am their dad. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll end up being friends. But in a current season, especially for Losiah, like I'm, as I'm developing a friendship with him, I'm still his dad. And so like everything on his phone, every text message, everything is able to be viewed by me. Now, here's the thing. We give and take. Therefore, every single thing that I do on my phone, he can search and he can look and he can find anything and search everything on my phone that he wants. It's a, it's a dual relationship, an equal relationship. So he knows that he can look, search on my phone just as much as I can search on his. And guess what? He'll do it sometimes. He'll scroll through my text messages more for the entertainment of like what I'm texting to people. But just let it be known that you are, you're the parent and you would, you would never let them put a lock on their door in their bedroom and do whatever they want in there. Why in the world would you do that with their phones? Because their phones are a lot more dangerous than their bedroom. So let them know that this is this is not a uh, this is not a hey this is your private thing. This is this is our thing. And you know, and also I I, I do think to myself, you know, my son's seventeen now. He's going to move out at some point and just have his phone. So everything I'm doing with his phone right now is preparing him for the freedom, the total freedom he's going to have. And he's going to make mistakes, but I'm just trying to prepare him for that day. Yeah. Uh, one thing I definitely would do is to use parental controls. Listen, on an iPhone, you can go to parental controls right now and limit how much game time they're using, how much time they're on Netflix, how much time they're on YouTube, what words they're searching, what words they can't use when they're searching, if they can use Safari or not. You can shut off apps. You can turn the phone on. It's all in parental controls. I'm not going to give an entire... I mean, if you, if you want me to, I can do that on maybe another like a YouTube video or something. But that's one thing that I've gotten down that I've helped a lot of my friends that I thought knew how to do this. Setting up parental controls on your kid's phone is massive because what, what it does is it allows them to have their phone with a little bit of, with a little bit of like independence, but I get alerted if anything goes left or right. I know this kids are getting smart to be able to hack around the backside of that bad boy just like hackers did in 1996. You got to just stay ahead. If you're not willing to do the work, to put in the work as a parent, to stay ahead of the learning curve and to, to constantly learn, then don't do it. Just, just don't give them a device that is free un, and unlocked until you have the capacity to make sure that you're, just you would not hand your kid a loaded gun if they've never had training on it, if you've never had training on it, if you didn't trust that they knew what they were doing, you would never do that. So why would we give a kid a phone like that? Lots of rules, lots of rules, lots of rules. Let's see here. I took a couple notes here. I mean, and obviously something that's huge is encourage offline activity. Games are a bit, my son loves games. I think it's, I'm a gamer. I, I grew up as a gamer. Like I grew up with, I had the very first PlayStation. I had the Atari. I had the Intellivision. I had the Commodore 64. I had it all. And I have an addictive personality and I know how, I, how many nights I played Tomb Raider till 2 a.m. in college um, or Madden or FIFA. Me and my son love to play FIFA. All, all of these things are great. Even if your kid accelerates in e-gaming, which I, I think is awesome. I've got a friend of mine, his son is a professional e-gamer. 
Like he gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to play video games, but he still goes outside and plays basketball. He still, he actually now started playing pickleball. Just making sure that you're balancing what it is that they're, you know, doing, get, get them outside more. Remember, I just remember when I was a kid, my, my mama would like lock the door, you know, she'd leave a, a couple of cans of Dr. Pepper outside. We could come feast on that. <laughs> we could talk about that in another episode, but just get them outside as much as they can. It's, it's just becoming less and less of a thing. I, you know, I just, you know, you watch Stranger Things and man, the reason why it brings all the nostalgia back is because, you know, the the only technology they had was their walkie talkies and they're on their bikes and they're out. Just doesn't happen anymore these days. And we, we can blame technology for that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's nothing else to blame. Okay. I want to make sure I get through all of these. Let's see. Yeah. Be a role model. Make sure your communication is open. You're going to be able to check absolutely everything to do. Utilize parental controls establish offline, encourage offline activities. And I mean, I, I just think that we just have to be purposeful and smart with everything that we do when it comes to technology and our kids. It's not ever going to go away. So instead of holding up a surfboard, you know, I tell people all the time, like you can, you can like hold up a surfboard and try to block a tidal wave coming at you. Guess what? You're going to get swept away. Or you can turn that thing around, hop on it, and surf that wave. And that's what I'm asking you to do, is to surf the wave and to be involved. And please don't just hand your kids a phone without you doing all of the legwork ahead. This week, Human Hope is partnering with Green Chef. I love Green Chef because when Heather leaves me and I don't know what to cook, I cook me some Green Chef meals. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Okay, it makes eating well and healthy easy and it fits all of our lifestyle plans, right? Y'all are keto, guess what? Green Chef has you. Y'all vegan, guess what? Green Chef has you. Y'all vegetarians, gluten-free, guess what? Green Chef has you. They have you, okay? They're the number one meal kit company for eating clean. So Feel your best, especially during this like back to school season when like we, you know, we're starting to hang, our, your kids are hanging out with other kids. They're going to start getting sick. They're going to bring some of that stuff home. Uh-uh. Not today, Satan. Not me because I'm eating healthy with Green Chef. What, what do they do? What, what, are they, what, what are some things that they do for us? Well, listen to this. They give you calorie smart meals with under 700 calories, protein packed meals with at least 40 grams of protein on average per serving, science backed Mediterranean recipes, flavorful plant rich vegan and vegetarian meals, all this stuff and it's convenient and easy. This is what I want you to do. Go to greenchef.com slash 60 human hope and use code 60 human hope to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's right. Go to greenchef.com slash the number 60 human hope and use code 60. That's the number human hope to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. I'm going to keep this one short. I, I, I think, I think, I don't want it to be a doomsday episode because we you've seen the good that can happen on with technology. Like you see what the Insta Familia does. Millions of dollars we raise through the phone, through storytelling, through quality content. 
Make sure your kids see that as well. You know, when I have meetups, I just had a meetup and I'm having one every week at this tour. Kids are coming all the time. And you know what's funny is like the kids are like, oh, you're you're the man on my dad's on, on my dad's phone or my mom's phone. <laughs> like I, I'm and they're like, oh, you're shorter than I thought you were. You know, all the things, but our kids are watching what we're watching. And I'm not saying that I'm just the great content they need to be watching, but make sure that they see you using your phone responsibly and for good, right? Show them the good things, show them the giving blitzes, show them the highlights, show them how phones can be used for good and help them actually do this. Help them if they have a phone, maybe that it could be like a goal a week. What's one good thing you can do with your phone this week? You know, we, we just, we, it, this, it's always a sky is falling, the sky is falling. What if we ended like that? What if we ended with, I'm never, I mean, honestly, I've never thought about this. I'm going to, I'm going to try this with Losiah this week. Every week, let's talk about one great thing, maybe in your family meeting, you've done with your phone. What, was it you had a, a FaceTime with grandma and grandpa for an hour? That was great. Did you send a loving text message that, to encourage somebody? That'd be great. Were you able to Venmo somebody some money, $3 maybe that for a, a Starbucks drink that they weren't expecting to get? Were you able to take some photos of wildlife while you're outside with your phone? Like, like what are ways we can use our phone in a positive way? You know, there, there, there can be episodes for let's just put the phone away. There can be episodes of like, leave your phone at home, like all the things. And we, you know, we, we used to have a phone bag, like where people would put their phone in the bag and so that there was less phone. I feel like, yes, that's important to not be on your phone, but let's also look at the positive aspects of what a phone can bring. And talk about that out loud with your kids. If you're just saying that the phone is bad constantly, then, I mean, that's going to do something to your kid's psyche. And it's not going to make them get on their phone less. Trust me. Uh, so yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm going I'm to actually go upstairs and start doing that with Lysiah. Ho hopefully this was helpful for you guys. I feel like because I'm on my phone all day, every day doing things, I do have a specific understanding as far as like how this is affecting our souls and our psyche because I'm doing a lot of research for my next book on this. And I just didn't want this to be an overwhelmingly negative conversation. I feel like there are positive things you can do if you give your, your kid a phone in a responsible way. Be the parent, be in charge, majorly restrict their access to certain things, know their phone better than they do, but also find some of the beauty that they can do and use their phone for. Look at this, 28 minutes-ish. I know we have a couple partners in here, but I'm gonna try, I'm, we're actually going to try some shorter episodes, and I'm doing this on purpose uh, because I want you, I want you to listen to the, the all of the podcasts. You know these these podcasts are they're they're you know I was they're not listener supported, they're partner supported, and it really helps. I don't know if you guys know this, but when you listen to the entire thing. It does, as opposed to, and I can see how long you guys, not you individually, like I can't see like your phone, but I can see the the statistics on how long people are listening. And you know what? Some people like podcasts that are an hour and a half long. I like to talk a lot and a lot of times my podcast will end up that long, but I also have heard and the data shows that shorter podcasts may be a better thing to do. And so I'm going to try to shorten these things up just a little bit. Maybe this will be helpful for you. And hang on, Dr. Delight, come on in. Hey, hey, listen, phones ain't all bad. You're listening to this on your phone. I know, or maybe on YouTube, who knows? Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. All right, for me, that next week, we've got the last episode in the parenting series, which is my great friend, Paula Ferris. 
from Good Morning America, The View, all the things she's going to be talking about being a working mom. There is too much shame being thrown and shade being thrown at working moms in 2023. You can be a working mom and be just as involved in your kid's life as a stay-at-home mom. Trust me. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. I honestly think that you are going to love next week's episode with Paula Ferris. Please make sure you come back. It is the last episode of the parenting series. This was this series was because of you. You did this. You asked me to do it. So I'm here for you. See you guys next Thursday.